0: Said anything, we're laughing. <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of Worst Gig Effort. Welcome,
1: everyone. Yes,
0: I am Mike Pace.
1: I am Jeff Garlock.
0: And we have a doozy of an episode for you today. Will, Will Hines. Ha- Will, 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 Will
1: Hines. <laughs> Will Hines. Uh, yeah, Will Hines from UCB Upright Systems Brigade. Uh, great New York improviser, uh, great stand up, uh, has a great sketch show run at the theater, yeah. Small Men. Great. Definitely go see that He's a great uh, man I think it, it's, a, it's a great interview We yeah, he, get into some
0: Some real like zen shit
1: He's a, he's a, he's a little Buddha he,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: making a Disney movie Starring Will High, It's called Little Buddha That
0: sounds so good I think Little Buddha was already made Nope, I'm making right. it uh, a reboot Of the um, franchise <laughs> But before we get into Will's uh, interview We actually have a surprise uh, guest interview Coming into the studio right now We have the son of Spoonman Man. Welcome Grab a seat. All right.
1: Welcome, um, Spoon Man. I mean, son so, of Spoon so, Man. Sorry.
0: For those, of, for the listener, the original Spoon Man featured uh, in um, a Soundgarden song of the same name. I can't think of this. What's the name of the song? Oh, uh, it's something with uh, fucking knife. Yeah, fork. I don't know. Something like that. Ah, I'm kidding. It's called ah, Spoon Man. Ah, uh, pulling, the, pulling the wool over your eyes. <laughs> Spoon Man, calm down. Uh, so apparently, uh, unfortunately, apparently, I'm sorry, uh, Spoonman passed away a couple years ago. But it, he, I know, I know. Uh, my apologies. Uh, the son of Spoonman is here. He's carrying on the legacy, playing the spoons, making the rounds. He still resides in Seattle. He's here for an East Coast tour. Um, so welcome to the, the, uh, the podcast. Spoon, son of Spoonman. <laughs> Shut up. Come on.
1: Good one, though, brother.
0: That was brother. funny. Uh, what's, I know you've played a lot of terrible shows uh, in your life. Just give us what's the worst gig you've ever played. Oof. Oh. Look, I, I, I can totally relate. There was one time also where my microphone came unplugged during right. the set. It's hard,
1: it's hard to recover from that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. Um, and so just to wrap this up, Son of Spoon Man, what do you think of the word gig? Exactly. That's what I thought. Like when you come, like Jeff and I, when you come from like a, you know, an underground, like a punk or hardcore background, right. it's just, it's not cool. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. It's- yeah, yeah, right. Good one. So, son of Spoon Man, I know that I, I don't. I think you walked here from Seattle. For all I know. Just, last thing, I just want you to get home safe. All right. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> what you. What are you oh, thanking? Thanking so, Son of Spoon Man. Oh, thanking yeah. him so much. Thanks for the interview, Son of Spoonman Get the hell out of here. All right, guys. Uh, without any further ado, here's Will Hines, <laughs> worst gig ever.
2: see me. That's not really. A little light What was that one? Private Eyes. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I can't really sing. No, so, no. The, the song's not recognizable. You got the goods. <laughs> yeah, <That's> right. right. <laughs> I got the, yeah. I got major goods.
1: <laughs> Super goods. Will Hines got the goods. I still, do you have the Daryl Hall record that Robert Fritt produced? I don't, but I have Is it good? I don't know. It's one of those, like, I've been, like, that, wait, who? Robert Wyatt?
0: No, Todd Rundley produced, oh. like, the third Hall and Oates record.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs> does, yeah. it's like, it's Do you yeah, like actually. any Hollow Notes?
0: Uh, yeah, but I like Todd Rundgren more. So yeah. I was excited. Uh, does I it found sound out like? him it's, it's just like, you know what? I honestly haven't spent a whole lot of time with
2: this It's it like Holo the version Notes, of, of like it's. Eno
1: producing Coldplay, where you're just like, well. It's yeah. not solving the fact that's Yeah, Coldplay. No, but, it's, but it's
0: an early Hollow Notes record, too. Yeah, that's like, pretty early. It's like 73. I think it's, it's pre. Yeah. Whoa, that early? Very early. I thought they
2: started in 75. But you might. Be, I don't. I don't know why that number's in my head.
0: <laughs> By seventy-five, I think they were uh, climbing the charts. Good heavens! Uh,
2: good for them. <laughs> good
0: for good for all notes. Hey, we're if not, there's one thing we can take away from this podcast, <laughs> good for holidays. We're those, not worried about them.
2: Those guys are doing. Right. Let's <laughs> keep me up nights. Have we started? Uh,
0: so, uh, we, just, we just kind of yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure out the end endpoint. Uh, at some point. <laughs> all right. We just, we just keep rolling. Oh, okay. I know
1: the. End, I know the endpoint. Will hides. <laughs> good <laughs> for all notes. Jeff yeah. Striker. Jeff Stryker, yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, my mic was not for the gay porn. Um, Yeah, we're here.
0: Probably fortunately that it was not on. Yeah,
1: let
2: the world wonder what that was. (laughs)
1: Yes. Uh, Great. So, hi, Will Hines. Thank you for coming.
2: My pleasure, Jeff Garlock. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Hi, Mike Pace. (laughs) Fuck Mike (laughs) Pace.
1: Get the (laughs) fuck out of here. We have the two-man show. Uh, can yeah. you just stay on this for a second?
2: I, uh, I understood you more of like the Jazzy Jeff part of this, or are you just sort of like the... <laughs> the quiet, DJ. yeah, Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Uh, so welcome, Will Hines, to Worst Gig Ever. My pleasure. Uh, so yeah, uh, just to let the audience know. Okay. Will Hines, who are you?
2: Okay, yeah. I am an improviser at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York, where I've nice. been forever. I started. Uh, I started in 2000. For heaven's sakes, I started performing there 2000. Wow! And the yeah. theater started 98. So you were. So right you were well, the UCB around. moved here in 96, but they opened up a theater in 98. No, 99. They opened up in March of 99. And Wait, I had been when walking... did classes.
1: St- when did they start teaching classes?
2: 97. Okay. And right. I started taking classes in November 99. They right. they they were they kind of an established thing. I mean, it, that seems like I was at the dawn of it, but they were already off and running when I sure. started mm. up. And, um, yeah, I took classes there, and then they put me on one of the, their house improv teams called Herald Teams in November 2000, and I just stuck around. And I've been on a million teams there, and I teach there, and I've done sketch shows. I just – I live there. Right. And uh, and, through, and through that, I have branched out somewhat mm-hmm. into doing – I direct videos sometimes for other places like College Humor or AOL, and I've done
0: – For the listener, AOL?
2: America Online. Oh, um. thank you. Cool. <laughs> we just like to clear things up for them. It was like, I guess that's sort of like saying, like I was a roadie for uh, Third Eye Blind. It's like a really important thing in the '90s. <laughs> Great um, man.
1: Great, Great killer. No, breath. actually,
0: their first record and their second record, Blue, you get the f- good record <laughs> out of my face. The second right. record didn't blow, but the second record is called Blue. Uh-huh. And then I and I do I do
2: stand up <laughs> comedy sick. at a level. I'm just going to finish this bio because yes, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Do. I, I do stand up comedy at a level just above dabbling. Right. Like I enough that I know a lot of the people, but not enough that I really do it. Right, and I've maintained that level of dilettanteness for eleven years. So I um, I know everybody somehow, but have never gone above a certain <laughs> level of success. <laughs> I'm like the Crash Davis of Bull Durham of the New York comedy scene. The home run yes. record holder of the minor leagues.
0: <laughs> Featuring a young Susan Sarandon. God bless her. And a younger Susan Sarandon in That's My Boy. Jesus, new Adam Sandler we movie. We're sponsored that. by That's My Boy. Uh, is that right? So. And yeah. And it's actually yes. a mother-daughter team in that movie. Is Susan Sarandon in that movie? Oh, she is. Surprise. Surprise. This is her <laughs> daughter.
2: I feel like you're legally required to point out how attractive she still is, even though she's uh, she really is. It's, it's sort of insane stunning how attractive. She's like
0: 79 yeah. years old at this point.
2: It's like pet being attracted to not. a tree. Right. <laughs> it but it, but she is. Right. It's insane how attractive she is. Okay. Uh, it's weird. It's good that she's an actress. actress. Some people are meant to be in the movies. Some people, it's like, well, they're so good looking. It's good that they're in the movies. Like, right. that makes sense. Exactly. If I walked into like a pet food store and they were working, I'd be like, this is attractive. Well, so it
0: so would just be a bummer for the rest also, of your day. Some people are also meant to open a ping pong restaurant in yeah. New York. Like Susan Sarandon did.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. The um, hey, what? I've been there. That's like near Union Square, Balls.
0: right? Yeah, uh,
2: that's right, that's right. Yeah. That's a good use of your money. Um <laughs> so uh
1: so what brought you to uh UCB in the first place?
2: Oh uh, okay, here's the thing. I have had never had a plan for my life, terrible at it. Right. I I was a computer programmer and uh in my twenties. And I, or actually, I was a journalist for a couple of years, and for my when I got out of college, and that I was tired of being broke, and it was writing well was difficult. And then, uh, and this was like I graduated college in '92, like '94, the internet started. I was writing manual. I mean, it, that's true. Like right. it became part of the yes. public <laughs> consciousness. I know it, that's not accurate, but like. But basically. And I had a job writing technical manuals for an engineering firm, and they <clears throat> the engineers took me under their wings like wolves and taught me HTML and JavaScript. And I just started getting jobs that way, did that for years, but I missed funny people. I just missed hanging around interesting people. Sure. So I started in the mid nineties, late nineties, just going to comedy things blindly and trying to make friends like a creep. Mm-hmm. Just like hanging around and saying hello to people in just like a blue, powder blue button down <laughs> shirt, you know, covered in the mire sadness of a cubicle job and trying to make friends with people in New York who were A, too busy to have new friends and B, were creeped out by me, right. and then um, I did some stand up, and then I took improv classes, and it, that just worked. That was the right level of we like creepy people that I could get in, right? And I just um, clicked. I did a, I did a, like a lot of stand up, a lot of improv at other places, but when I started at UCB, I just met people I liked, and we just hung out together all the time, and I just gradually turned my life over to it. I, ne- I had no plan to do it, you know. It was right. like. But the creeps were all at UCB, apparently. The, the, uh, an openness to creeps, I suppose. Sure. An openness to, to uh, aimless, drifting loners that I appreciated. Godspeed to that. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: so, yeah. So, uh, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time.
2: That's correct. Uh, that you could, uh, my show. career path in a way is worst gig ever <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as a whole, or I guess best, I guess there's sort of a Zen beauty to it. Yes. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, obviously we'll get into what we've been finding We're talking about, you know, to a bunch of people, like why we do this and why the hell we continue right. to follow this path. It's always kind of fucking sucked into this mire of just like, yeah. what is my...
2: I have, I have no focus. I don't know what's going yeah, on. What am I time. achieving? I'm not building anything lasting. I'm not making any money. Where's my validation coming from? Right. Am I really good enough to justify being this indulgent? Yeah, I think those thoughts on an hourly right. basis.
1: But at the same time, being aware, if it's not consciously but subconsciously, that the satisfaction uh, in what you're creating is coming from what you're creating, is yeah. coming from what you're doing, oddly. Like even
2: though it's a thing you're questioning the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You can become aware of um, you're satisfied by the work. Right. I'm more satisfied by my life. I think I'm satisfied by the people I talk to. I right. think that's how I measure it. Right. Do I like the people I talk to every day? And I mostly do. Yeah. And most of the people I have to deal with, even the people who piss me off incredibly, I like them. Right. And when I was in computer programming, I was just living inside myself. Right. Getting by, appreciating people. Yes. And making do, but I don't have to do that anymore. Like I have a whole level of filter that's gone. I've I can just to be a myself. Point speak my own mind right. almost all the time. Yeah. So that's valuable. That's well, you've very got, valuable. You've
0: gotten to a point now where you're essentially doing what you want to be doing.
2: That is true. I was talking about this with my friend Neil Casey, who's a UCB guy, and we, we do a sketch show right now together. And we do we did appreciate it. It's like, well, our life will never get better in terms of creative freedom. Like We have access to an audience via the UCB theater who will watch us, friends who are genuinely talented and like us. And we have enough of a voice to get stuff together. We do it. Like we actively make stuff and then people watch it and it is as successful as it is successful enough to merit doing more. Sometimes very successful. Right. And that's, uh, that never happens. Yeah. Like even if we got more money, we would be then yoked by the expectations of whoever was paying us. Like if I got hired by Fallon, which I've tried and failed to do, um, I would, you know, that would be awesome for, to have more money and sort of the validation of this higher stakes, larger audience gig. That would be fun, but I don't get to say what goes on. I don't get to say what I focus on. Neil Casey and I can write a sketch, which we did where we just list arbitrary proper names to each other for two minutes and, and, uh, and get a terrific amount of joy. That's, that's a, a life that I did not imagine I would have when I was a 26 year old JavaScript programmer. Right. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's a, you know,
1: it's it, it's something it's something that I feel like comes up like with musicians and comedians. It's all the same thing. Like you get used to you get used to that you you're in this world and that you have this access. Like, yeah. you know, like in my brain like, you know, I always think about it in terms of like, you know, band stuff where it's like, you know, people will be like I want to tell people in this crazy way like don't be impressed that I've Put out a record, yeah, or played shows or gone on tour. Okay. In, in my response, because it's like, yeah, you can just do that. I don't know, but oh, that I, is
2: not as impressive as what somebody might think. That's what you're saying, right?
1: But then at the same time, I, I you forget that that's what people want to mm-hmm. be doing. Like there is a reason why you have that access. There is a reason why uh, you have the capabilities to do all the things you do at UCB. There is a reason why you know you're able to put out records. It's not just this
2: blind. Luck putting out records sounds awesome as someone who's never done it. It sounds magic, right?
0: Well, I think that there's also the idea that um, uh, Being able to do things on your own terms, which it sounds like at UCB You've you've been right. able to really do what you want that to is do. true And there's and there's an inherent satisfaction and I felt that playing in a band and, and getting to a, getting to a certain point without compromise essentially yeah and right. but on the other side is the satisfaction. well
2: only compromises you wish to make you're you're sure. setting the constraints sure. you're but setting yeah. goals to measure whether you've done good exactly. work or not. Yes.
0: and then but then there's but then there's on the flip side is that issue of are you always there's always something else to strive for yeah in terms of that level of satisfaction yeah of like you know we, we we've used that the the u2 analogy of right. like is you know for everything that they've achieved, right, or or someone like you
2: no, know, finish U two. I, I want to hear okay. this example. <laughs>
0: well, the, the original idea is that if
2: the what they did, players, Joshua Tree, and they're done, but they keep going to Octung well, Baby, then they overstep with Pop. Is that it, what we're saying?
0: Or like Zurofa before Pop? Right, right. right. <laughs> but the idea is, is that for U two, arguably, you know, the biggest band, definitely the biggest band in the world at one point in time. Sure, yeah. There's always something more that they
2: can right. Do well, as long as the Beatles exist, everybody falls short. short. Right,
0: <laughs> right. But I think, it just, I think it's just—I think it's this idea or this fallacy of like you get to a certain level of success and you're completely satisfied.
2: That never happens. Right.
1: It's that whole thing. It's like you know, my insane, but not really that insane. But they, yeah, that there aren't goals in life. Like you have these. It's like every, there. are. You know, the only goal a, is to die. The only goal Let's, is
2: to die. There aren't goals. The
1: only goal we all have is That's an established to die. mantra
2: you guys have? The I only have. goal I just, is to I die? I stuck
1: with it as much. But that I've said too much.
2: I thought the only, the only constraint is death. The only goal is to die? We the can do that right now. We,
1: because, because uh, you know, you. I think it's... It, I guess it's, you know, endpoints. It's that there are all these, like, you know, uh, I'll cross this finishing line. Like, yeah. it's all these goals. But it's, you know, you'll just get to there, and then there'll be another one. Right, right. Uh, you know, in that, it, it, I think we especially at this point of creating stuff you, you think like well when i finally get yeah that fallon job or this job or right, that'll right, be right. the thing that'll be the end goal that'll be the finish line uh where i will be happy uh yeah but that doesn't right that's it not true it, it's just uh, it's
0: a different set of problems than what you have now right exactly it, uh that's uh, and what you yeah, morph it, into
1: yeah i think also it's this is just something i was thinking you know it, it's it's yeah, it's like constantly having to remind ourselves that...
2: We have, it's, you have to adjust your frame of reference carefully because you can go, you can zoom out too much and then everything's meaningless. Right. That's no good. Right. And if you zoom in too close, then you're obsessed only with the next level and that never ends. No. You need to have some medium scope where it's like, I got up today with people I liked and advanced my creative project this much and then I fell asleep with nobody after me for deaths. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes exactly. And sort of yeah, wasn't there that zen thing about like the guy who's uh hanging off a cliff? Mm-hmm. Here's let's talk coping cliff. strategies. Yeah, this is a cliffhanger. I'm all for coping Stallone strategies. Cliffhanger. So there's some zen <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to say this somewhat badly. Yeah, this is a cliffhanger. Okay. That's right. See, you are like you're like the Paul Schaefer right now. <laughs> you're, you're coming in with the zingers. <laughs> the I only like goal board. is death, Dave. <laughs> Yippa
0: boo <laughs> <laughs> My role has been
2: established. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, and then he, But when oh. Paul Schaefer
0: started singing It was always weird Because he would <laughs> sing Like this overly Paul Schaefer Right yeah, he's, whenever, very, he's, he's, he's more committed he's, Than any musician like, I've, ever, I've yeah. ever seen in my oh life Oh my god
1: he's
2: You know so his, he's had One of the best careers ever Wasn't he right. like Wasn't there like A legendary production Of Godspell in the 70s Where like every amazing com- Canadian comedian Was on it He was there And that's yep. where A lot of them became friends yep. sure, Yeah, And then they, they either Had been Or they shortly after that Were doing Second City stuff And right. then like All of a sudden They were all on like Saturday night Night Live yeah. and in movies, I mean, but they the did this Godspell thing, like yeah. So curve. he was like, yeah. he was in the original SNL band, yeah. yes. Uh, Spinal Tap Letterman. Yeah. Remember, he released some album of like covers in the late 80s, like when he was sort of at his peak Vanna White celebrity. He released right. an album of like 50s and 60s sure, covers with all of his like. Awesome session musician right. buddies. Yeah, yeah. that's G. an act e. of. Smith probably. He he yeah, guys. Of, uh,
1: he has a bit of like Tina Fey's husband in it. Just because yeah, Mark like, Richmond, you know, he, he's, yeah. he's been around the same role. Yeah, as like as yeah. he did in Second But City. what a life! I know it's insane. Just to, I mean, if. And if now he just wears crazy sunglasses. There's something it seems to Seems really man. intense. Like crazy sunglasses? Yeah. No,
0: well, well, the crazy sunglasses yes. and, and the Schaefer-esque bits. Oh,
1: wait. I want to go back to this, the Zen thing. Oh, the Buddha, Zen thing? This is something
2: uh, Gethard, Chris Gethard brings this up, but uh, it's, it's a known thing. I forget. It. It's a, if it's like a Zen, what do you call it? A Cohen maybe or a conundrum? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like A thought experiment to philosophize about. But if you are a man's... Uh, fell off a cliff and is dangling from a branch, and below him is like a rocky ravine. If he lets go, he'll fall and die. Above him on the cliff is like a tiger or something that wants to murder him and is, is precariously close, We so can't climb up. And hanging from the branch are strawberries. What does he do? And the Zen thing is like, enjoy the strawberries. Like, just eat the strawberries right. and just enjoy them fully. Yeah. And you can't worry about these right. things, which you might not be able to control. Sure. Which is a huge yes. I mean, so that's what yeah. we're sort it's a great of doing. Visual too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they were good. The, the murderous tiger.
2: The Taoists are great at uh, visual metaphors. Uh, uh,
0: actually, uh, Warren Zevon also had a,
2: a similar
0: like uh, saying, which was "Enjoy every sandwich." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Real thing.
2: The battered Buddha. Yeah, he Warren, said that. What do you guys but, uh, do when you're asleep? When you're trying to get to sleep at night, and the anxiety just overcomes you, where you're like, "I'm a failure." I'm never going to get anywhere. I've missed my. I've given up certain things in order to pursue this failed path. Uh, what do you do to go to sleep? Go
1: online and uh, look at other people's accomplishments. <laughs> <laughs> Is what I, real- I That's what I do. I, I feed it. I feed the beast. Okay. Susan Sarandon. That's yeah. bad it's no, terrible. It's, that's what I. Do. What, what do you
0: do, Mike Pace? What, what do, you do you do? I mean, I I have this. I'd say I used to have it a lot more. Every, I think my life gets better in like six month increments. Okay, I'm, I'm better off now than I was six months ago. Right, right, pace, right. Which is a so, good way to look at it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good medium no, that's, frame that's of that's reference. The way I have to, because otherwise I shoot myself in the face. <laughs> um, Heard no, that. but but there are these. There are totally these moments. You're up at three a.m. Yeah, and it's two hours. How
2: frequently do got, they come? For it you. happened Be a honest. lot
0: more. Okay, this is what happened. Every night. This I lived week. in Austin, Texas. Is that right? yeah. No, I lived in Austin, Texas. Uh, my wife was in grad school there. I lived there for two years. Okay, we moved back to New York. Right, we moved in with my mom for a couple of months. Okay, interesting. No, we'll I had oh, yeah, no job, just married before we moved back to. Brooklyn. So
2: sort of you're emasculated in this position, this was pretty first fully. Time,
0: first time living at home since. Welcome since home, ninth of your penis. I'm and 22 now, so right. I mean, it wasn't a, <laughs> yeah, you're 22 now. Mom, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, so it was. It was. I'd say maybe four nights a week, and it was bad because I was yeah. at the time because I. Had Played music Like, Jeff, I had played music for a long time, basically my 20s. That's what I had done. Yeah. I had always loved comedy, and now I kind of felt, okay, now I have the time to get involved with this stuff and start taking classes right. at UCB and maybe start writing in earnest and doing stand-up and stuff right. like that, which I had started when I was living on Long Island. And that, yeah. So performing stand-up in bars on Long Island yeah. was definitely going through the trend. And I'm
1: sure combined with – I know it was for me. Like, all of a sudden, you're – you're not Mike from the Oxford Collapse.
0: Yeah, sure. You lost your identity. I'm not,
2: not Jeff, from, identity. Jeff from Panthers yeah, anymore. Anyway. i just Jeff, and Jeff it's, is a scary place. It's,
0: it's, it's uh you know what it is? It's a period of transition. Yeah. And yeah. you're, I felt like I was in free fall Right. Because I had all of these things that I was interested in. Oh, I still love music. Right. I, I still love to write and to, like, entertain. I still love doing radio. Right. Like, yeah. Give me a job doing one of these things. Yeah. And it took... It's taken me a few years to kind of narrow the focus down. Yeah. So a lot of those sleepless nights were like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know... I don't know where the opportunity is coming from, where when it's going to land, right. uh, what I want to be doing, and so it's a whole lot of existential right, crises right. happening at once. Um, Could you had access
1: in this other world? You know, good yeah. access in the music world. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm you know, a little bit older now. Sure, you I want to try forms, to do like this other thing. The
0: chapter and, of that life has closed. And that doesn't matter anymore in a weird yeah. way. You know,
1: like sure. that's how I felt like going into UCB. And I'm sure you feel like like where I was just like, no one knows who Orchid or Panthers yeah. was. right? And right.
2: nobody like,
0: can and And, it and kind of few. a lot don't. Care, like no sure like i mean i feel matter. that
2: now if i leave the four right. walls of the ecb no one gives two rats asses right. about what herald team i was on in 2002 welcome to
1: my okay, entire but, uh, therapy uh, session I, this
0: morning
2: what i <laughs> question
1: being on mod at all
2: yeah yeah, yeah
0: like this this question so will to turn it back to you yes mm-hmm. these sleepless nights
2: yeah yeah i think i get them like once every two weeks and what's, oh, that's what's a pretty good ratio, I guess. It's not so. too bad. What's that?
0: What's the cure besides violently masturbating?
2: <laughs> I go, um, God, to love the idea of violently masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Why? <lie, lie. laughs> Why? I hate me. I hate me. Oh, God. Um, I either, uh, I either, my mother, when I was a kid, and I just had trouble sleeping when I was a child. My mother was like, don't, you'll sleep when you want it. When your body wants to sleep, you'll fall asleep. Like, don't fight it. She was like, stay up all night if you're going to stay up all night. Like you can't leave the bed. You have to stay here. But you can read, just wait it out. So I'll either get up and read. Or if I'm like if I kinda wanna go to sleep and I'm just my mind is racing, I'll count to ten thousand. Yeah. I mean I'll never make it that far, but right. I'm like, I'm gonna count to ten thousand. Sure. And I'll get to like eight hundred or something, and then I don't remember. Right. Just as good. fast as I can. One of those two things. Right. That's my tube. Pr- no, I'll get I'll get good. up out of a glass of water, sit and read. Or I'll count to ten thousand. Yeah, those yeah. are the two things. That's I do. something.
1: Yeah, because for me, I've been real. Like, even though, I, yeah, I say I go on the internet, and that's the thing. I have to like force myself to not.
2: You shouldn't uh, do that. Right,
1: it's terrible. All I won't I let myself
2: is... go online in those phases. Yeah, it's and a I need to deadly, stop, deadly place. It's like,
1: I almost have Facebook to, yeah. is
2: just like a jealousy fire. Yes. <laughs>
1: that's all. Yes, it's just like, oh, you're doing this. I hate myself. You're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what About this though, well, we'll like, and I don't know if we can even f- make the comparison. Let's take our Bono example. As right. Well. Do you think Bono has sleepless nights these days? He must. He must. When you have that much. I guess maybe when you have that much pressure and you're dealing with Desmond Tutu on a I would like to take
1: faith in hoping that.
2: Like everyone. He's a human being. Like, I mean, anybody who's producing work Mm -hmm. must go through that phase of, do I suck? Like, he had enough good taste to manufacture, like, a a really great band, like, a terrific band. And they actually. None of them had like great musical chops. No. no. His voice is good, but I don't even think it's like as good as his band became. Like, right. they had taste. They had good taste, and well, here's what we can do, and this is the kind of music we like, and this is what we're going to make. Right. And, um. Because, yes, agreed. They are pretty. I mean, mediocre
1: bassists. Yeah. <laughs> Drummer <laughs> gets a job done. Mullins? Uh, right, Mullins. Right. knows but, how to
2: use effects pedals very well. But that's something. Yeah. I mean, they. they the product is, is great. So, yeah. like. That must haunt him. Whatever it is that gives him the taste to do that must say, "Am I? Is this thing I'm making any good, or am I? Yeah. I had it. Am I done? Do I have to accept that those days are over?" That must haunt him. Right? I mean, the unending wealth and fame must soften the blow. Uh,
0: we would like. To but I I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if, like a lot of artists, they're their own worst critics. And Bono's looking back on like. God damn, it shouldn't have I don't know what
2: accent that is, but I yeah. don't feel like, I don't like to, it was it's like, a like, placeholder bono. That's standard bono. That's a pop yeah. was a mistake. Oh. Yeah. You know, everyone just goes to the bullet the blue sky like urgent <laughs> breathy. Yeah, yeah. You know, outside is America. That's like the, the standard rocks. Standard Bono voice. Yeah. Uh I think yeah, I, I was thinking about
1: this before. Uh and it applied when we were in bands too, but I, I was thinking like just in relation to U C B and I've it's like in the past couple of years, I've started to feel, and I'm sure you feel it too, where I feel like, you know, when you're in an office, if you're doing like an office, a normal job, whatever, a straight up normal job, a nine uh, to five. You're not, yeah, you're doing the nine to fiver. Uh, you're not being. It's – possibly you are, but you're not being hit in the face with other people's success as much.
2: Probably not. Uh, because yeah, there's
0: also like a tiered system. Right. And, and you know exactly – like, it's there's, like he's
2: the vice president, he's the president, And there's cetera. a
0: path – There's a if you want it, there's a path of moving up the ladder. Right. right. So
2: or the illusion of it at
1: least. But then the additional grief that we can put on ourselves uh, is that we have other people's success – shown to us on a national level. Too. Yeah. Like, we watch TV. Right, right. And it's just like, our friend, our friend, our friend. Yeah. Oh, it's just commercials. I can take a break now. Our friend, our friend, our friend. Yeah. Friends. Uh, well, I don't
2: watch television, so I spare myself that. Boy, <laughs> well, <wait>, oh,
0: just <laughs> that elaborate out. on that for for the people listening, because uh, the idea is that
2: basically, like, UCB now is
0: is kind of like what Second City was in that it's producing right. so much talent. Right,
1: right. and so if you're watching, you know, NBC, the NBC Thursday night lineup, yeah. it's like, okay, that's everyone from UCB. And then in right. commercials, it'll be, oh, there's Mike Still, and, you know, yeah. there's Andy Rocco. Like, it's just, right, like, all right. these random people. Uh, and in that would feel, you know, I, had the, I would have the same deal in being in panthers too where i would be like why does this person have this thing like yeah like oh i'm online and i'm looking at this news release of this giant tour that we're not doing and they are like why is this happening you know it's one of those things where it's hard because you want to just be like oh that's you know it's great everyone has their own successes yeah we've got our own paths but then you also have beyond your internal stuff this kind of external stuff that also the entire like the world yeah uh
2: says like yeah and also we love this too uh, i think i mean i never totally beat what you're saying right i don't think you can totally escape no. it but i i'm in a place where i'm pretty i'm better at that right now mm-hmm. i think here's some strategies let's, let's so one pragmatic solution that is have enough money to be able to pay your rent without sweating it too much right that's i think like it's very easy in these like sort of pie in the sky do your art for your love stuff to forget that certain practical matters will fuck you over if you don't solve them like you should be able to support yourself right that's not easy in new york city it's not right. small and it takes some time and you have to do it right and if you don't do it you will be distracted from everything else yes that's that to me is a tiger on the branch with the strawberries <laughs> yes. like you don't need a lot of money you just need enough to pay your rent and know that where next month's rent's coming from and i think that's all yes Agreed. but i've been, i've had times in my life where i don't have that and it kill money matters up until that level. Yes. And beyond that I don't think it matter. I think it's a huge diminishing returns for money after that. Right. Uh, what else? Uh, friends. Yes. Any kind of friend who makes you feel like yourself is invaluable. Yes. Someone you can go to like recharge your personality. Yes. Like you get disoriented. What do I really want? You talk to this person, like, oh right, this is who I am. I remember now. Right. When I'm around this person, you know, hopefully it can be a loved one or a wife or a girlfriend but anybody right. that orients you that's valuable Yes. and then like some kind of artistic thing that you can get lost in that you actually are interested in right that's another good one so that you can turn away from that stuff and just get lost in something right i try to have like 3 of those yes like whatever i'm doing for stand up i'm doing that like more recently mm-hmm. the sketch show that neil and i have and i have another one person show which is fledgling mm-hmm. but those things if i'm doing them i can i'm proud enough and interested in them that I can lose everything else right. while I'm doing it. Yeah. So yeah. that stuff.
0: That's, that's a good positive. Uh, so yeah, have enough but, money
2: to pay your rent. Have someone that makes you feel like a real person and have some kind of artistic distraction. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I think those are all valid. I think Do you make just, enough money to support yourself? Yes. Do you, you love your wife? Love her to death. And uh yeah, so what's your artistic thing right now? You're a little you're losing faith in mod and stuff. Lose that's that's common, very yep. common. It's uh, a frustrating right. it's a weird tantalizing mixture of satisfaction and not satisfaction. Right. Oh, We just uh,
0: got this off the
1: ground. Yeah, I'm psyched about podcasts. Uh, this
2: could be uh, it. About worst gig you could right. focus in on this for a while. Yeah. This is for real. You could right. like get into the stats of it and like marketing it and cover art and shit like that. Right.
0: And you've, you know, you've got some. Uh, I, that's projects. the thing is I uh, yes
2: this is again. You're always uh, you
0: always got some some. How
2: about I, you, Mike Pace? How do you answer these? I'm
0: you know what I let's see what's the first one rent rent is covered yeah rent is covered and we can get into this you know in a later the idea of what I'm doing for the money right don't want to discuss on the air but let's just say on the air. <laughs> glory holes it's it's a short term <laughs> thing it's a short term thing it's not something that I you know it's blood money let's let's be honest let's just, it's something you do to pay the rent call but uh, i think that's
2: important like i think yes. it's i i think up to that level it matters yes. i think that's yeah. like people don't say that when they're like oh do what you love and the money will follow it's like that's true but solving the short term issue of how you're going to pay your rent is a real exactly. problem that people when i was 24 20 when i quit journalism and i had not yet learned how to be a computer programmer i was for real stressed about money right and it stopped me from enjoying everything sure. and i think i was not wrong at that, that was time. the moment
1: when i decided panthers was done was we came back from our most successful tour toured with high on fire like like one of my favorite metal bands mm-hmm. five weeks like the exact tour i wanted to be on right first time i could never pay my rent in all of the years of living in new york right i had to have christy pay for it and i was like you know what yeah. This was a bad idea but Like I gotta stop the, the, Yeah
2: I think it's true I mean I, I wish people would say that Like And I got a great um, Oh you go ahead I've, I've got well, a Well I was gonna say that, that
0: the money issue Especially after the move back From Austin to New York And I'm definitely like In free fall And trying to figure out My next move The money thing Was a much bigger deal yeah. Uh, then sure. now it's not now now it's it's fine. The, the rent thing is taken care of. You know, uh, I have a, a, a loving wife. Yeah. Uh, and a loving husband as well.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> <a> <laughs> and will And uh, you
0: know, and creatively, I'm you know, I I'm at, I'm at a point where I've I've found out that I love doing this stuff, whatever comedy yeah. is. So. In, on top of, of taking of being involved with UCB on a, on a you know a newer level, right. you might say, as a as a student, um, you know, doing this and writing uh, writing stuff for websites, yeah. get, trying to get whatever I think is funny out there, doing a web series, just can just I creating get, content?
2: I'm gonna get more even more dryly pragmatic and risk dragging this podcast into the most emotional flatlining level it's Perfect. been. Perfect. <laughs> <discuss a little laughs> <lot. laughs> do you ever, do you have a way, I think once you get like at peace with your life, re- acknowledging that you're never totally at peace, okay. but when you're like at some kind of functional level, I've been, I've been at places where I am broken down Not often, but I would say three different times in my life where it's like, just got to get through today. Right. I have to only be happy enough. That's like strawberry eating time. It's like, I need to be happy just with today and I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. then like, you get relaxed. You can worry about like a month at a time and then six months and then like a year. I'd say right now I'm in a place where I am at a eight month window for my life. Like I'm thinking that far ahead and not much more. Right. Not majorly, but that's, I make decisions now thinking about that. So once you're at that level, And you're cool with it. Then the next step is, are you... This is so boring. But can (laughs) you... Do you have a way to measure your success and try again in whatever it is you're trying to be good at? Like, how do you know how well you're doing? Like, I think about this. When Twitter came along and there was a way to... You know, flawed though it may be to measure, like, favorites and retweets. I got obsessed with it and I valued it in a way. And I wished I had it for other things. Like, I teach improv, right? And so... How do I measure how good I am at that? I actually – there is no – the real measurement is do – it's like a popularity contest. Do students enjoy you Right, is really the main currency. But like am I really making them better? I don't know really if I'm hard about it. Like how do I – there must be a way to measure it and I wish I knew it. If I could measure it and watch the number, I would push it up. Mm -hmm. Or in my stand-up. That's easier because there's people actually laughing and rooms you're getting asked to do and stuff. So you can measure that. And I think, like, that's another thing that people don't talk about that you have to be willing to do, like, measure and repeat at whatever it is you're doing. Right. It's very difficult. You have to, yeah. like, pick something and, like, I'm going to be hard out of myself about this. Well, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's also finding the way to
1: set up those measurements, uh, but also... For me, at
2: least find the way that it's those measurements are set up by me and not by Exactly, because if you
1: conscious if you don't my, consciously my do parents, it, you're looking
2: honestly. at Facebook I, in the middle of the night. If you don't yes. consciously then you're just like, well, if I don't have infinite money and fame, I fail. When I'm looking at Facebook, it's all but so are it's you, all
1: because my mother uh, didn't you know thought yeah. everything wasn't good. enough. Are you like, right.
0: talking about a, a a system to measure validation?
2: Yeah, like one that you pick. Well, it could it could be well validation speaking broadly it could just be your own artistic satisfaction. Right. Like, let's say you don't. You, okay, I have a sketch show. One way to measure it is how many people come to the show. Right. That's an easily how many people came to watch it. That is a measure of its success. I, I don't. That's not totally fair no, because but. some things get big crowds that I don't like, and some things I love don't get big crowds. But that is a factor. Okay. Another one is like. Being, being, sitting down with the script and being like, do I like it? Mm-hmm. Like, what in this script do I love? Like, be aware of what in the script. I, like, I've done that with the show that Neil and I wrote. Things that I would protect, that I mm-hmm. won't let go because it's not worth it to me without certain parts of it. Um, what else? Uh, letting people I respect look at it and getting their honest opinion. Right. Like, that matters to me. And if not, changing something about it.
1: I think the second thing is a huge thing for me lately is being, and we've talked about this, is being honest with yourself about, is this really funny to me? Like, in in trying to set up that the artistic things you do are, you know, not with the goal of, like, I'm going to make this a viral video. Like, I'm going to do this, because you can't control that. But literally, like, is this something that you're, you know, are we doing this for the right reasons, basically? Because we are at that point where a lot of these things, like, this is our time to control them.
2: Well, this you is. can't, right. The viral video thing, you can't control what someone else thinks about it. But you can say, did I give this a chance to be viral? Right. Like, did I make the joke clear sure. early? Did I hit it a number of times and heighten it a lot? Right. And then whether or not it works, you can feel that, well, I put good structure into yes.
0: this. Yes, I, th- I think we could also draw uh, a good parallel in the music world for what you're saying in terms of these, yeah. these factors we like talked rip- about accessible
2: songs like or like indulging or, or,
0: or, or I used to judge a good show based on there were a number of criteria did people show up right uh, which is yep. one yeah um, did we sell stuff yeah uh, which Huge is something one. that's a little different with music. Yeah, there's no equivalent. Um, did we have fun? Were people into it? Yes. Right. Uh, and so, you know, it it was always a combination it or you know, and for me, I was always a stickler for, you know, did we play the songs well enough? Right. Okay, but Most other people don't care about that kind right. of
2: thing. Right. I think uh, ideally if you're in a if you're in a good place, in if you're not in a good place, what I'm saying could destroy you. But if you're in a good place, I think you should have a journal and after everyone write down like those four factors. Yeah, like right. technically played it well, crowd was this good, merch was this and fun was this, yeah. and just watch those numbers. Sure, I think humans can't help if you give them a score to try to bump it up. It's like natural, right. yeah. but you just like, have to be looking it's like at the doing right score. Delaney's holy trinity of character, but yeah, doing right. it for
1: your own life every yeah. day, basically yeah. setting up. But the with listener, your own Michael
0: Delaney, uh, uh, sketch
2: improv, guru, improv improv and guru. sketch guru at uh, UCB. Uh, great so, man. So,
0: well, so so Will, you've. It's safe to say you've you've performed thousands of
2: times. That's correct. That is on accurate.
0: Hundreds yeah. of stages, maybe.
2: Uh, no, it's all like two stages. Okay. Uh, well, no, that's not true. I guess um, not
0: thousands of stages.
2: Uh, I mean, vast majority at the at the UC the three UCB theaters. Sure. Okay. But um, I've done stand up at, at a lot of places. I've done improv on the road somewhat, um, and yeah, and okay. I've done videos for different outlets, which in a way are stages. Well, so. right. let's, let's definitely get,
0: let's. Do you have any tales? Like yeah. from your cold, from your years yeah, right. being on stage. Give us give us a worst
2: gig. Okay. Um, I think the hardest thing I did was my brother and I, Kevin, we sometimes perform improv as the brothers' Hines. We did one recently. This this was um this was the hardest gig ever. We got sent to do wait, were you there, Jeff? No. Were you I at the Brooklyn I... Museum when I did this? No, I heard about this, I uh, think. Yeah, it was a weird So somebody called up the ECB and said, we want the touring company, your touring company, to come do a show, but we don't have, like, a ton of money. And they were like, well, we have a two-person act. That doesn't cost as much. like, okay, send send them over. So the Brooklyn Museum does these once-a-month, like, uh, events where they have just, like, some food trucks are there and there'll be like some guests playing music or something. And like the exhibits free and kids can come or whatever. And in their main big lobby, they have a stage. So Kevin and I were supposed to perform on the stage improv for like 400 people, mm-hmm. like a big, big group of people in like a huge echoey room. So like improv, like they can't, they can't hear you. You can't be funny. Right. Um, so they gave us, uh, mics the little the little mics you <laughs> yeah. wear around your ear to you what do they call yeah. there's a word for those like Janet Jackson uh, headset yeah like a <laughs> like a headset mics <laughs> yeah. and even with those it's like a big echoey sure. sound and there's like tons of kids and there's people walking through the back for exhibits and there's competing noise it, it was doomed not the optimal space yeah. for and I don't think really improv I've I've never seen improv work in a big room right. even, even from people who are geniuses at it yes It's just, it's a weird medium that's limited to like 200 people in a room where you don't have to be mic'd. Or I guess you could have stage mics. Anyway, so, and then like, not only that, a minute and a half into it, my mic broke. So only my brother is mic'd. And I just screamed the rest of the show. Screamed. He's on a mic. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs to be heard for 40 minutes. We had to go for 40 minutes. (laughs) Uh, and like the only thing I could it had to be the most it was like silent movie acting I had to like there was no subtle wry comments that I could make of observations of my brother's behavior it had to be like you're the Pope what are you doing in my hardware store like things that (laughs) could not be missed and it was and, and the scenes couldn't last longer than 40 seconds before the audience got bored so we did like 40 scenes we just kept Doing like a million, just trying to get to the fucking end of this. <laughs> and the people who hired us are really nice, but like we sucked. We sucked. Like <laughs> that we weren't good. The crowd was bored. It was like um It was horrible.
0: But you could go through the criteria, yeah, and figure right. out why. And it seems like it was really factors out of your control.
2: I didn't feel artistically bad about it. I felt like it was an impossible feat. Right. I think if both headset mics had worked, we would have had a shot. Right. Like if we could just be heard. Like I, I actually was impressed that I. Had some practice at voice projection that I think I could like fill most of the room. Right. I had no microphone. Sure. At one point, I gra- at one point, the-, the roadie came out and plugged in like a handset mic with a long XLR cable. So halfway <laughs> through a scene, I like grabbed this mic and I'm corralling the cable with my left hand, like coiling it and like speaking into like a, a you know, like a regular stand up comedian's mic. And like walking around the stage <laughs> doing improv, that I looked, I looked like a roadie was like yelling at another guy on stage. If you just walk through room, it's like, why is that roadie with the mic yelling at that taller version of himself? <laughs> but you did killer object work that night. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's actually,
2: a nightmare. That's a nightmare gig I did.
1: That's. Uh, I mean, I, it seems like also both. That's you know, that's the plus of doing it for so long and being a little bit better of a mental state about it, that. You can be like, well. You know, at one point I might have thrown this back on myself.
2: I was, I I shrugged it off pretty immediately after.
1: Cause there's some where you're just,
2: you know. Although I did think like, you know what? If I were truly the best at this, I could have done it. Like if I were Jack McBrayer. Or Amy Poehler, non-famous versions right. of those people, I would have been able to do it. Cause I've seen them hold the attention of a room. Right. When it's, but I don't have it.
0: It seems like, to add insult to injury, it's like, what, 97% of the time that you're doing improv, there's no microphone involved? Yeah. At right. all. So the fact so that you, like, got this you new... need a microphone. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Right. Yeah.
2: So. It was a lot to handle I mean I guess the equivalent Would be like being in a band And all of a sudden In addition to playing Your instrument You have to like Juggle with one hand sure. And like still be able to, I guess it's Been not quite there like there is that It's a
1: good show It's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of merch you just play an open <laughs>
0: E string on the yes. bass oh, No I can definitely do hand. that uh,
1: Just do manipulation Like in Labyrinth
2: <laughs> Yeah, Here's another uh, Here's another one I did Here's another bad Can I tell you about another Giddy please, up please Alright so I did a This is an open mic At the Village Lantern uh, In uh, Greenwich Village In New York Nice guy Ran it And mm-hmm. it's a well run mic and i was glad to be able to do it but this but you know open mics are totally random in terms of who's going to be there and sometimes it's bad so this was sort of like n- not that many people there except for three drunk guys sitting in the corner like solidly drunk <laughs> and i was doing this is like seven fifteen in the evening on wednesday which is early enough to be painful but i've done i've done four o'clock in the afternoon mics <laughs> this wasn't that and the guys drunk just openly commented on all of my jokes after i finished She's like nope Nah, it's not so good. Or, that's all right. (laughs) Out loud, so the whole room could hear. And if I tried to engage them, they they attacked me. They heckled me. They were like, you just do your jokes. We're watching. And my brain, weirdly, at the time, was like, they're right, I should I should be able to, There. this is maybe a good right. test. This is like a living barometer of how good my material is.
1: Well, I was going to say, in a weird way. It was like Twitter. kind of what you, we were talking about. Yeah, I had like instant measurement. Yeah. I was like, like, does okay. the drunk
2: person... Right. You know, you know another gig, uh, me and Matt DeCoster, a guy, a really weird guy, who's a good friend of mine, who <laughs> does improv at UCB, he and I wrote a sketch show called Seven Fights. Great show. You saw it? Yeah, I, I love, love that. Fights. I love that show, too. The, but the very first time we did it, we did it the weekend after something that's called the 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 Del Close Marathon, which is once a year the UCB has like, you know, um, 72 hours of nonstop improv. And anybody who's involved in the scene performs and watches. And by the end of it, everyone's burnt and right. doesn't want anything else to do with it. The next weekend, we did our show. <laughs> we rented a room called the Red Room. Which is on um, East 4th Street in the village. And it's a small black box. You can rent it. For, at this time, you could rent it for like 200 bucks for a night or something, which is not so crazy. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, well, if we can get, we can just, def- we don't even, we're not going to break even, but if we can just get like 15 people to show up and pay $5. Mm-hmm. But like nobody wanted to go. Like we begged our friends to go. <laughs> right. who Jackie Clark Kane, Brett Gelman, who was <laughs> on my improv team at the time, my brother, and Rob Lathan, the only people who came. And then, um, my brother, or was my brother or Rob in an attempt to try to save the show ran down to the KGB bar on the second floor and uh-huh. rustled people to come watch. And they got like 15 people to come up, to watch 15 drunk people on a Saturday <laughs> they night were came bringers up for you. They were bringers. Yeah. And, uh, Matt and I did our show and hecklings throughout with <laughs> our friends yelling at the hecklers, telling them to be quiet. But then afterwards, one of the drunk women came up to me and Matt and gave us her thoughts on the whole show in like huge detail. She told us which one she yeah. liked and which one she didn't. Just like sloppy drunk, like right. slurring words, but could remember a lot of it. And Matt and I agreed that we found that like fascinating. Right. Like what got through the haze. And then she said we should go play, I think there's a club called Knuckleheads on Long Island. Mm-hmm. She was like, you should do Knuckleheads. <laughs> they would love you out there. It's a great club. You should come do Knuckleheads. I've been there. They would love (laughs) it. So, Matt and I, Matt and I always, for like months after we did the show, were like, Was this good enough for knuckleheads? Like, (laughs) were we at knuckleheads level? Uh, You should take a show to Germany.
1: uh, Because Germany is nothing but audiences who will just tell you exactly (laughs) Uh, how bad you were. Yeah. Uh, Not fucking bad an eye about it. Just like as soon as you get off, just like. Uh, not a not a good night for you. <laughs> uh, I, I did not enjoy what you played. I love it, I... Uh, and you, there is that where you're just like alright good I mean I, mean, honestly, I guess you're, that's what it's you it's better than like you guys are having fun up there yeah
0: <laughs> we once played a show the band played a show and there so happened to be a guy that I got to high school with there uh, who I uh, hadn't seen in you know, yeah. know whatever it was uh, however many years um, and he was not cut from like uh, maybe an alternative right. underground cloth so to speak so after we played and he was definitely kind of like a Wall Street type guy yeah. came up to me afterwards he's like you know, that was pretty good but what you gotta do you got to open with a
2: cover, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just get
0: everybody in. right.
2: Uh, what, what you if you do this for a living, uh, and then you start to just watch other people's relationship to media? It's like they don't invest anything in it. You know, right. they like show up at movies half an hour late. They don't watch most of the episodes of their favorite show. Right. They give like ten percent attention to most of the things being told to them. Like it's so hard to see anyone to even. Listen, and I guess that's why I'm not that mad at these drunk people. It's like, well, you watched, right? You watched, and so it's your right to have this.
1: It's something I've been thinking about, like, uh, you know, like I used. I think I've relaxed on my intensity, but like, you know, realizing it's the same as coming from like punk and like indie worlds, and it's the same in the count. Like, it's this thing that you know, the people involved are so invested. Like, we are so invested, and like, and we're just used to everyone like seeing every episode of everything yeah and just knowing all this stuff and it would be the same as like you know in metal like you know people getting so upset about fucking black metal bands not being true anymore and i'm like they sold 300 cassettes
0: no one cares yeah, and and
1: that's the thing is it's that weird realization of like and it's kind of humbling and pulls you back and makes you remember like oh i should focus on my life Yeah, sometimes where it's like this this is thing you're so intense about it. Yeah, but no one gives a fuck. Like people, you know. Like I'll have most of my students, yes, who are in sketch classes. Right, they've got their they care enough to do that, but they also somehow still cannot be bothered to remember what any team's name is, who anyone is. Yeah, like they're it's constantly. I'm like, what show did you see? And that's like I don't remember the name, and I'll have to list off all the names.
0: Like maybe. Like, yeah, I don't get it's,
2: it. It's weird to me. It, but it, I was never like that. I always remembered the stuff right. that I was watching. You're
0: well, you're think, amazing when it comes I to think, heroin. I think though when you're passionate about something and you get involved in it, at least from my experience, you right. want, like I anything that I was interested in, I then I always did the research. Yeah. And I always wanted to know yeah. if there was a band that's oh, this band is
2: great. But most people aren't like that. Like the no, people yeah. come in late to shows. Sure on a consistent basis, stunned me. Everyone's late now and then, but like movies, I've never been to a movie where someone isn't walking in like half an hour in. I'm like, what are you doing?
0: And leaving right before the ending. Yeah, well, why? Kind of crazy. I, there was always this weird analogy, and I don't. This doesn't really make a whole of sense, but it n- always stuck with me that like Los Angeles Dodgers fans.
2: or they leave to beat the traffic. Yeah, they
0: leave in like the seventh inning to yeah. beat the traffic, and that that.
2: What Although, if the something. game is a if a blowout, that does kind of make sense. Like, if it's right. already decided, like you know the ending of the movie. In that case, You're like, well, the Dodgers are going to fucking lose. <laughs> like they're
0: behind yeah. by whatever. Well, I don't know. Or, um, there's always something about the uh, respecting. Yeah, craft. It's i I'm, I'm at a baseball game. Yeah. Fenway
2: Park, Park, Park fans do not leave.
0: You're leaving yeah. the
2: six. St. Louis Park yeah. Great, Bruce Willis is alive. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie.
1: Um, yeah. But I guess also it's for it's it, it, that's that's where my intensity has relaxed a little. Is remembering that like you know growing up like I read comics. Sure, but also my favorite comic was the official handbook to the Marvel Universe. Oh right,
2: sure, I read who's that. Who in the DC I, loved, I had that. I never
0: played Dungeons and Dragons, but I loved the Monster Manual. <laughs> oh yeah, I read that. Yeah, I was the so same
2: cool. way. I read all those Dungeon right. Master's Guide, Player's Handbook, yeah. Monster Manual, and but then with D Demigod, I played like twice. Right.
1: Yeah, and so I guess there's just it's 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 yeah remembering and it. Brings me back and makes me remember, like, oh, it's just life. Like we can all fucking relax here, but like that everyone yeah. doesn't need to own 1,100 records. No, but it's like, <laughs> I, that's, <what> <laughs>
0: that's that's your interest. I mean, uh, that's stuff that you're personally interested right. in, right? And you find simil- people that have similar interests. I remember meeting this guy who uh, worked at Electra Records in like the 90s, nice. and I, as a kid who grew up being
2: obsessed, yeah, like that's the they Colombian- might be giants yeah, and uh, being
0: yeah. obsessed with like the Columbia. Was R.E.M. on Electra R.E.M was on uh, they Warner were
2: in Brothers. CBS and, okay okay
0: yeah. Uh, see I'm like, oh, IRS. They an I, IRS they were on CNN. IRS first, but see the, the thing is, is that I love talking about labels I love <laughs> I'm fascinated with labels like yeah. a, a great
2: record label obsessed. is a fascinating yeah. thing like but, when but, someone's you know, got what, the taste to curate yeah. something amazing it is right. stunning but most yeah. people don't give a fuck most what? people yeah. are idiots most, most people, people are little ten but, CDs so I met give a I, should, yeah. but, but I
0: met this guy who was like a vice president I worked with him briefly he was a vice president at a lecturer from like late 80s to the early 90s Pantera was like a big client and I was just like I would I was just railing on it was just amazing these bands that had put out one record and the design and he's like you sound like an accountant yeah <laughs> Stuff you're interested yeah in. but you know what that's
2: i'm gonna sidestep uh, yeah. your main point and just jump into talking about labels i think that this is gonna you're gonna laugh at these specifics but i am i am fascinated by this person i can't remember her name i think the same woman a and woman signed to electra signed the pixies they might be giants and fish I feel oh, like I'm sure. I'm yeah. I think yeah. I think that's kind of an amazing success yeah, rate. Right. I mean like it for I, for niche yeah. fans, like right. she
0: Metallica were also on Electra, I believe. Yes. I yeah. believe so. Electra had like for yeah. a major
2: label at, at that time had this amazingly diverse roster. I good think, shit too. Yeah. Like just good I mean, yeah. I don't give a fuck about fish. Sure. But I recognize it as <laughs> something you, that John, connected Shante. with a lot of people. Right. Fuck you, John Prashanti. But I recognize it as something a lot of people genuinely yes. connected with. Right. And yes. they might be giants I would lay down on a sure. sword for, sure. which is dumb. <laughs> uh, which is dumb.
1: <laughs> no, I think, I, yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it was, it's always, it's interesting when there would be these kind of taste bursts in major labels. Now we're just talking about labels, like where there would just be like a burst. Like of- what? Like stacks
2: in the late 60s?
1: What are we going to... We- yeah, but even... I'm thinking even like you said, the one A&R person, like amidst Electra, yeah. like there was... Probably all the garbage we're forgetting about, but sure, there was right, like right. this like bubble of like, oh, all of these great records got yeah. through. Like I always think about like the Melvins as one of my favorite bands, and they're probably my favorite record by them is their major label release
2: on Atlantic. Yeah. Did you see a twenty four hour party people? The uh, thing sure, about yeah. um factory factory record. Yeah. Uh, the one of my favorite parts is they. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhat fictionalized or you know sensationalized, but when the the recording of uh
0: happy Monday's record. Uh, uh, Joy
2: Division. No, yeah, Joy Division. Um, <laughs> leave him on the roof. Love will tear and they just leave the guy on the roof drumming. <laughs> yeah. But that whole process of like good decision after good decision after good decision right. was like inspiring sure. to watch. Right. Or if you read, there's a, there's a hardcover coffee table book called the Abbey Road Recording Sessions, which just like lists every day what the Beatles recorded and annotates like which take. Some songs they did like in two takes and they're done. Right. A lot of songs, not the ones you would expect necessarily. They did like 40 takes. Oh, blah, deal, blah, da. I went through like 40 takes. All these different versions. And I found that like fascinating to think about. Like they just ultimately always, not always, but almost always ended up making like the right decision. Right. Like hive minds that don't miss. I can't, they fascinate me. Yeah, sure. Imp- improv teams, some improv teams don't miss. Right. I mean, that's not exactly true, but like they have a, an impressively high batting right. percentage. I, I that, and like, you watch them go wrong and then correct themselves. Right. And it's not an individual. It's like a chemistry yeah. thing. that yeah. blows me away. I
0: think there's also this, this idea of like the people that you're hearing about, you kind of, for the most part, hear about the stuff that rises to the top. Right. And that is exceptional, yeah. uh, or, or superlative in a certain way, right? Because they're making the right decisions, yeah. Because there's a, there's a certain amount of luck involved, and um, it's mainly talent, right? Right. And you're really hearing, right? Uh, classic rock is classic because. You know, it's it, it, it's good. It's, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It became a cliche um, for a reason. But, but like, it's it's the, the the idea that like you know a certain improv team stands out. Yeah. Or the Beatles, or right. they might be giants, or Happy. Mondays. To me, that's so yes. Also, like on Black, Black Sabbath for me. Where I'm just yes. Happy Mondays yeah, were on Electra? They they wound up on their major label record. Who did? I, the Happy Mondays, I believe, oh, their yeah, major yeah. label record, Thrills, Pills and Bellyache. Yeah, probably Black Grape was, was on a on yeah, as right, a, as yeah. a con-
1: contract filler. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Um, uh, Happy I have, Mondays are the best entertaining band in the world. I think I
2: have not listened to them. I think I listened to a couple songs after Twenty Four Hour Party People, and then right. I, I don't Musically, know them. So I don't care as much about
0: Thrills, Happy Pills, and Bellyaches, Aches, which was their like big record in '91. I yeah. think. the whole Madchester right. scene uh, is a good record. A good, okay, good fun record. I when we were talking about movies before, yeah. and this is going off a little tangent. But I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's another thing that I'm curious about. Uh, you're talking about people leaving or people walking in half a, hour late. Oh yeah. Have either of you ever walked out on a movie?
2: Nope. Only once. What's that? Uh, baby, which is a story the, of a baby the dinosaur. The secret <laughs>
0: of the lost legend about the dinosaur. Yeah,
2: I walked out on that. Oh, you know what? I walked out on another one. You're not Tommy Boy. I walked out on. Crazy. Really? You're crazy. I know. I was in a bad mood.
1: I'll, the only, the only movie I've never walked out. The only movie I there were two I almost walked out on. And once you guys are gonna have to help me with the name because it's blanking. But Saving Silverman. Okay. Uh, okay. I almost wa- I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I remember <laughs> being really infuriated <laughs> of how bad I thought it was and that my life was being wasted. Yeah. Um, and then what's the movie with Norm MacDonald, Sarah Silverman, Danny DeVito? Hard and, work or what? They... And, no, oh, and dirty work. Dave Chappelle. Half baked? No, no. I I'm not going to remember. It's not it dirty was,
0: work. No, it, this is going to easy money it. or uh, no,
2: other people's money. Something like <laughs> that. You know, wait, uh,
0: wait. Let me look it up.
2: Uh, yeah, I can't okay. remember what the, it was. The t-
0: there were two movies. Well, while while we're looking that up, the two movies that I that I thought about walking out yeah. on but didn't,
2: Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh yeah, incredible. awful. T- bad and movie. the post credit stuff was kind of funny. I,
0: I, I that I was infuriated watching that movie. Uh, okay. The other one was Practical Magic. With Sandra Bullock and, um, <laughs> what's her name? Tom Cruise's ex wife, the Australian. Uh, the Nicole, Australian. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman. As witches.
2: Right. As wow, I don't even remember that at all.
0: No, I vaguely remember that. It's from, like, I'd say 98. Which reminds
1: 98. me of a memory the other day that burst in my brain where all of a sudden, and I made some dumb tweet about it, where I all of a sudden, like, woke up and I think almost the first thing I remembered that morning was. Man, I went to see The Astronaut's Wife in the theater.
2: <laughs> like, how was it? Jay
1: Green. Not a good movie. No. I'm but, pretty sure, as Jay said, he, she might have gotten impregnated by a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, which was weird. I was just like, I remember watching it, too, a little bit, being like, why are we here? Like, why did I make this
2: choice? I, I saw how Stella got her groove back in the movie theater. That's I was the weird. only white heterosexual in the, in the theater <laughs> right. that I went to see it. I was dating someone who really Wait, wanted was to. was the oh. animal the movie?
0: The nope. Donald movie? nope, not it. Casper meets Wendy. No, nope. I. Well, it's funny that you bring up Baby, The Secret of the Lost Legend because is I was it? literally reading <laughs> about it last week. Yeah, because, no, I was reading about. Is called... it animatronic? It was. No, I think uh, I
2: thought it was practical. It okay. was, oh, I guess that yeah, is yeah, animatronic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was I mean, Nineteen eighty-six. Like, yeah, there was no right. CGI. Um,
0: it was. I was reading about cryptoids, which are like animals that are. Like, not necessarily mythological, but there's no proof that they actually exist. And the the creature that, the creature, the 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 dinosaur, uh, is based on, like, there's in the Congo or some part of Africa, in the past 100 years, there have been claims that they've seen these dinosaurs yeah and that's what baby the secret of the law all right we're here on worst that's gig beautiful. ever so, so just to we're, we're gonna be wrapping up i took it back i
2: took my two younger brothers to see it in 84 so they were 84 came out in 86 86 so they were i was 16 and they were 11 and 9 and i walked out and played video games until the movie was over and then drove them home
1: uh that just reminds me cook i remember my aunt taking care of me and my brother once and we each got to pick a movie he picked breaking two electric boogaloo uh-huh. i picked masters of the universe so I saw and them both in the in, theaters. Even as, like, whatever age I was seeing Master the Universe, fairly young ish, I was like, oh, this isn't working out too well. This isn't what I thought <laughs> yeah, Master the Universe oh, should be. Okay, Screwed, Screwed is the name of the movie. Yes, sorry. Screwed with Norman Dalitation fell dead 2000. I, One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my so weird, life. so weird. great people. Uh, yeah, that, I remember walking in going, hey, guys, this is going to be oh, good. Oh, great, a great people. There were <laughs> in this. Her Sherman Helmsley? <laughs> there were. <laughs> There were multiple times where <laughs> I think I went with a bunch of people at college, and my friend Luke Boyle just kept going, oh, come on!
2: Yeah. Get out of here! Yeah. Because
1: there was no one else in the <laughs> audience, too, so we were able to. Uh, so, right. just, we're getting close to wrapping up. Okay. Uh, getting back to worst gig ever. So, out, uh, yeah. out of all of this kind of mire, but we've got some positivity in here, like, ooh, yeah. what's keeping you still
2: trucking here? Oh, what's I just uh, like my life every day. I feel, like, I feel like I have an honest life. Really, right. like a life that I can say I like and I don't, I'm not bullshitting myself. Yes, yeah, that's great. I
1: mean, I think that really just kind of sums up. And also, I, I wanted to bring it—that one point that you brought—I've never thought about it of enjoying the fact that the people that you see on a daily basis. Yeah, it's a huge thing that I don't consider. Yeah, and I think, and I, I to, by and
2: large interact only with people I approve of. Right, not by choice. It just my life is such. Right. That the idea that happens. Of, of
0: working with people you because like the, is the years of gold. temp
2: jobs of just being like. Yeah, you're an okay. Walking to the UCB <laughs> training center, almost everybody I see I'm curious what they're doing. Right. And I wanna know and I'm I like them. Yeah. Like I'm glad to see them. Right. If I like see you and then I walk over and then Ben Ramake is teaching improv and I go into the office and Shanti and tonoy are there and then like, you know, I'll go to the coffee room, Molly Lloyd is every single person I am like right. I like them. Yeah. I wanna know what they did that day. Yeah. I like I would like their banter about whatever bullshit they are saying. Right interesting people
1: it's one of the i mean it's one of the pluses of being a comedian doing comedy yeah. it's you're surrounded by people who you know even though they're neurotic and they have all these issues but like you're generally gonna enjoy the conversation and be yeah. interested in what they're
0: saying and uh uh, uh but lastly mm-hmm. what do you think of the word
2: gig, gig. oh wow uh i like it Drill. um yeah it's short it's musical not in its meaning, but it's sound right. it's got like a good sound to it it uh it's got it's it implies a lightness like this is not an epic task this is like a one of many it its meaning is built into its sound i think nicely it's a little fay it's a little mm-hmm. dandyish Fucking in a way that goodness. i don't like i i, w- like, I wish there was a k sound in it sure like kig or something that sounds like a racial <laughs> slur it should be uh, <laughs> Gig also sounds like a weird racial slur. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, I wish there was like a one syllable Obviously, throwaway like the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like bit it's a word for a joke that is right. not substantial but that you're just tossing around with a friend. Right. So gig seems like an equivalent version of a an assignment but a bit version of an assignment. So I like that lightweightness. I think it's a good word.
0: That's it's uh, an unpopular opinion on yeah. the yeah. podcast but a good definition. I yeah. love it. And so, well, I know that you rode your bike over here. That's correct. So I want you
2: to get home safe. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Worst gig ever.